Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are studying the life of Christ, and we're in the early part of the Lord Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Now, he has already spent some time in Judea, done many wonderful things in that region of Israel. And we saw him journey back through Samaria, and he touched the lives of the villagers at Sychar, especially the woman at the well. And now he's come back into Galilee, and he appeared in his hometown of Nazareth, and they rejected him. Now he's moved over to Capernaum, and Capernaum has now become the center of his ministry in the region of Galilee. And so last time that we were together, we uh, looked at uh, Jesus enlisting his followers into full-time ministry. Of course, you know, the earlier accounts mentioned his disciples but in Luke chapter 5, he, the, uh, Luke, the writer of the gospel, gives us an, an account of how uh, the, the first four, Andrew and Peter and James and John, and uh, how they came uh, to, uh, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. And then we talked, got into the, um, the subject or the instance in the ministry of the Lord Jesus where he cast a demon out on the Sabbath day in Capernaum. And can't you imagine uh, that caused quite a stir? So we'll we'll go ahead by way of review. We'll start right there. And uh, this is uh, taken from Mark's account now in Mark chapter one, verse 21. But before we begin, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Now, Lord, reveal your heart to us concerning uh, the ministry of the Lord Jesus and how it impacts and affects our life and what we can do to carry on that ministry while we're here on earth. And Father, we'll bless you and we'll thank you for all your blessings, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right. Mark chapter one, verse 21. And they came into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Notice that he was teaching them as one having authority. And of course, we know that authority came upon the Lord Jesus when he was baptized in the River Jordan. As a matter of fact, the three things that stand out in the ministry of the Lord Jesus is his authority, is his power, and his command, praise God, amen. His authority, his power, and his command. Now, when you and I came to the Lord Jesus Christ and we began to follow him, uh, we began to run after him, we began to hunger and thirst for him, and the Holy Spirit came upon us, amen, uh, we were given through the new birth and through the infilling of the Holy Spirit the same authority and power and command that Jesus used when he walked the shores of Galilee. We are his ambassadors, praise God. The same authority, the same power, the same command, amen, that was on the Lord Jesus, who is the head of the church, is the same authority, power, and command that rests upon the church, which is his body, which scripture says he fills all in all. Amen. And so his body is spread throughout the whole wide world. And uh, we are reaching people for Jesus. 
Uh, we are financing the gospel. We're financing and supporting missionaries who are going all over the world uh, to minister to people's needs and their spiritual needs too, praise God. So uh, this is a tremendous, tremendous ministry, tremendous life. I wouldn't live my life any other way than living it for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure you feel that same way too, praise God. So the people in Capernaum, they were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. We have behind the pulpit today, all across America, scribes. And all they teach, they teach without authority. They teach without power. They teach without command because they really don't have anything inside of them to give. You've got to have something in you to be able to give it out. Praise God. Well, this authority, this power, this command comes through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the willingness to surrender all and follow him. And then hunger and thirst after righteousness. Notice Jesus said this, and we'll, we'll, we'll see this as we get into the Beatitudes. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, praise God. Do you want to be filled with more of God? Well, then hunger and thirst after him, and God will fill you, praise God. And now we come to the point, and of course, uh, you know, we just passed the point where uh, Jesus uh, heals a demon. We covered that last week. We'll not go through it again. But now we're coming to the uh, part in Mark's record where Jesus heals Peter, Peter's mother-in-law. Now notice that this is right after uh, the Lord Jesus heals that demoniac, casts that devil out of him. And then notice Mark's record now. And immediately after they had come out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew. I'm telling you, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is upon our Lord and Savior. Woohoo! Glory to God. Amen. You talk about excited. Amen. It's exciting when the Spirit of God comes on you. It changes you into another person. Praise the Lord. Amen. They came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever, and immediately they spoke to him, the Lord Jesus, about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her, and she waited on them. She got right up out of that bed and went right to work serving. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember many, many years ago when my son was just a small child. And he was burning up with fever. I mean, he was so sick. He was laying in mama's lap and he was listless. You could see, you could look in his eyes. And uh, the anointing and, and, uh, and Patsy said, John, you need to come pray for Eric, my son. And so I sat down and I looked at him and I'm telling you, the healing anointing of God came upon me. I mean, it came upon me. You could sense it. it was like a coat. And I laid my hand upon his forehead and I commanded that fever to leave. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit was so strong, it went right into my son. It shocked him. He also, he kind of jerked. 
and his eyes brightened. He looked around and you know what he did? He says, I'm going out to play. <laughs> Amen. And he jumped out of mama's lap and he went outside and he just started playing like he normally does. I tell you, he just went 100 miles an hour everywhere he went. Praise the Lord. Amen. God did that as a demonstration that the ministry that Jesus performed is the same ministry that you and I perform, but we're going to have to do it the same way Jesus did. Amen. Praise God. And so here we are. Jesus goes into the house of Simon and Andrew. And of course, you know, Simon and Andrew, they mentioned to uh, the Lord Jesus uh, about their mother-in-law, Simon's mother-in-law, that would be Simon's wife's mother, was lying sick with a fever. And notice, and he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her, and she waited on them. Now, the word raised her up, comes from the uh, Greek word egero, and it's in the aorist active indicative. In other words, it's an action that took place and continues to take place. In other words, he raised her up by the hand. Praise God. That whole healing process. Now listen to what Matthew says about this incident. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. Luke says this, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her authority, power and command. Praise God. That same authority, power and command that was upon the Lord Jesus Christ is upon his church today. We just have to believe it and walk in the length and the breadth of it. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, here we go. We're continuing on with Mark's narrative. Now, Jesus heals all that come to him. And we're still in the city of Capernaum now. Now listen to Mark's record here in verse 32, Mark chapter 1. And when evening had come, after the sun had set. Now Jesus has been ministering all day. Now he spent the afternoon in the, the house of uh, Andrew and the house of Simon Peter. His, his, uh, uh, Peter's mother-in-law has already been healed. Now they've been, they've been eating and, and relaxing and they have been enjoying fellowship. But now here comes the evening time. Sabbath day is over. And when evening had come and the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon possessed. Now notice verse 33. And the whole city had gathered together at the door. The whole city. Amen. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Okay, now, all that came out of the city were not all sick people. They were people who did not need to be healed. They were well, but they were bringing people who were ill, like parents, maybe, or brothers or sisters or children or good neighbors, or just many parts, you know, many other members of their family. They were bringing them to Jesus. So we see the fame of him is, uh, is just captured the entire city of Capernaum. And we'll see as we go along, Jesus rebukes this town because they saw the miracles, but yet they did not believe. The same instance that took place in Nazareth is the same instance that takes place in Capernaum. Nazareth knew that Jesus did the miracles, but they would not believe. Amen. Praise God. And you see, that's so true today. Remember what 
Jesus spake about concerning the rich man and Abraham. When the rich man wanted Abraham to send Lazarus back to the world to preach to his brothers, Abraham said this, they have the law of Moses. If they will not believe the law of Moses, when it's read, neither will they believe one, even if he was raised from the dead. And for the most part, that's probably the reason why we don't see so many miracles performed in this country, although there are miracles being performed all the time. There are people being healed all the time. You and I just don't hear about it. But if you'll go online and you'll and you'll study this stuff, you'll find out that there's many people are being healed. I tell you. Healing is the children's bread. And not only is it for the children of God, but it's also the gospel of healing is the calling card to draw sinners to Christ. And many do come to Christ. But for the most part, many people, they don't believe the words of Jesus and they're not going to believe miracles, even though when they're performed before their very eyes. And uh, that's a sad situation we find so many in this country are in today. All right. So verse 32. And when evening had come after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon possessed. Do you believe? Do you have faith to be healed this morning or this this uh, this day? Do you have faith to be healed? Praise God. I don't know who's listening to this broadcast. It may be morning to you. It may be evening to you. or It may be midday. But I'm asking you the question. Do you believe that Jesus will heal you. Do you have faith for that? Praise God. Do you believe that Jesus heals today? Well, if you believe that, then you are a candidate for healing. Amen. Just remember, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you have been given the same authority, the same power, and the same command that Jesus had when he walked this earth. Now, if you're listening to this broadcast and you've never made Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord and you need to be healed, Jesus will heal you as an act of mercy. Amen. As an act of drawing you to himself, praise God, because he is a wonderful Savior. Amen. All right, let's read on. And the whole city had gathered at the door and he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. And once again, not everybody that came to the door of Peter's house needed healing, but many did. And those who were in need of healing and those who were brought there were healed, praise God. Amen. And so one thing we need to understand about the city of Capernaum that because of the excavations that have taken place and because they have realized that Capernaum spread over 13 acres, it was a large town. It comprised between 1,000 and 1,500 people. Think about that. Nazareth was probably around, had a population of around 400. So Capernaum was three times the size of Nazareth. Can you imagine there are a thousand people at the door of Simon Peter's house in the streets, all the way up and down the side streets. 
uh, sitting on top of the of the houses, looking down. <laughs> That's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. The drawing card that the anointing and the power of God brings. Praise God. And it makes you wonder those that that saw his miracles and witnessed them and testified to the things that Jesus did. Yet when it came to him being the Messiah, they would not believe. And that's such a shame. That is such an absolute shame. All right. Now, this is uh, tremendous. This is tremendous ministry. I mean, this is ministry that went on practically all day long. Jesus has a tremendous, tremendous day of miracles this day. And he did it as a calling card to draw men unto himself and to show to the Jews, amen, and those who witnessed his miracles exactly who he is. Because Jesus will reveal himself to the nation of Israel as their Messiah. But as we go along, we'll see that they rejected that idea. They accepted, many accepted Jesus as a prophet, but not as the Messiah. And it's because throughout the decades and throughout the centuries, they had been taught to expect a different type of Messiah. And see, that's what happens when we as ministers and as teachers, we teach other men's writings and we don't go to the word of God ourselves, and we don't spend time praying the word of God ourselves. And we're not praying for God to give us wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And we're not going to the scriptures. There's many ministers today that never open up their Bible. They never open up their Bible. They go to a liturgy or they draw what other people have said. They get their messages out of commentaries. Listen, I've had to give commentaries away. Because I knew from studying the scriptures, I knew that what these commentators were saying was not was not accurate. We go to the word of God first before we do anything else. As a matter of fact, if you really want to get to know the word of God, do this. Number one, you go to the scriptures, you find out, get you a good lexicon, get you some get you uh, uh, some study material that will show you the Greek and the actual translation of the Greek. You can do that both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And you study these words out. And you, you, get, you know enough Greek to you know the, how these words are being used. And from your study and observation of the Scripture, then you're able to interpret, and the Holy Spirit will help you there. But just going to commentators... And just reading commentaries and getting your and getting your messages and sermons and teaching material out of commentaries, uh, you're shortchanging yourself and you're really not learning the word of God. It's the word of God that's alive and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. And I'm, I'm telling you that if you'll do this, you'll sense a greater anointing upon your teaching and upon your preaching. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now we're going to move on. We're here in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And we're seeing here that Jesus begins his itinerant ministry throughout Galilee. Notice what Mark records here. In the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was there praying. Point I want to make. Personal devotion life does not take a back seat to ministry. 
If you're busy, busy, busy with ministry, running here, running there, that you are neglecting your devotional life, you will burn out. Amen. And if you're at that point now and you're a minister and you're and you're listening to me, then do yourself a favor. Take a three month sabbatical, go somewhere and do nothing else but pray and read the scriptures. Don't study commentaries. Don't take any favorite books with you. Just you, the Holy Ghost and the word of God. And you spend that time in the presence of God. And he will refresh you. Oftentimes it won't take three months. I mean, you can take two weeks off and God can refresh you. Praise God. He can he can refresh you in an hour of prayer. He can. But do yourself a favor and do your ministry a great service. Do not neglect your personal devotion time because of ministry. If you're too busy to spend time praying and meditating the scriptures spending time in the presence of God, then your ministry is too busy. You need to ease back on the throttle. You'll burn yourself out. And then you'll wind up not being any good to yourself, not being any good to your family, and being of no use to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord cannot minister through burnt out preachers that don't want to preach anymore. I know. I've been there. It took me quite a while to transition. And I understand what burnout means. And what it does for you. Just stay with Jesus. Stay with the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Mark chapter one, verse 35. And in the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. Now, Jesus has just had a full day of ministry. But notice where he's at when he gets up. Amen. Early in the morning before sunrise. He's finding a lonely place, and there he's going to spend time praying. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. That's verse 36. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby in order that I may preach there also, for that is what I came out for. So here's Jesus, the Lord Jesus. He's already decided what he's going to do. He's going to start an itinerant ministry. And what does he do first? He spends time praying. Praise God. Amen. Now, Matthew records this. This is in chapter four, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Now, notice Something Matthew records in this in this in, ver, in the eighth chapter of Matthew. Notice it says that Jesus went about. Notice that he went about teaching and preaching and healing. And notice he says in Matthew eight seventeen that it might be fulfilled by the prophet Isaiah himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. This is the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's teaching, it's preaching, and it's healing. What is your ministry? If you're a pastor or a teacher or a lay minister, what is your ministry? Your ministry is teaching and preaching and healing. You do not have a different ministry from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a minister of the Lord Jesus, then your ministry is going to involve teaching and preaching and healing, laying hands on the sick and they being recovered. Amen. Praise God. And so here he is. 
And notice Matthew records this in uh, Matthew chapter four, verse 24. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy. And he healed them. He healed them all. Praise God. Hallelujah. You talk about 100 percent accuracy. How would you like to have 100 percent accuracy in your life and in your ministry? Praise the Lord. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. So you can see here that like a magnet is pulling people from all over the nation of Israel to follow the ministry of the Lord Jesus. I think that's tremendous. Praise God. But it all began with him praying. And see, this is the habit of the Lord Jesus. And this is a reason why he had such an unusual, such an, an awesome authority, power and command, because he is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But he operated in the same way that you and I operate. He operated as a human being anointed by God. Well, how do you know that, Brother John? Well, he went and back. He was baptized, wasn't he? Wasn't the Spirit of God, didn't the Spirit of God came on him? Wasn't it Jesus that said in his hometown of Nazareth, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? Amen. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him and the Spirit of the Lord needs to be upon you and I. If we're going to accomplish the things that God has called us to accomplish, we're going to have to have the authority to do it. We're going to have to have the power to do it. And we're going to have to have the command to do it. Praise God. Amen. And of course, we see this in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact that now there's a great multitude following him, not just from Galilee, but from Decapolis. That's the western part. That's in Syria. Jerusalem. Amen. The capital of Israel and Judea and from beyond Jordan. We're talking about the northern parts. And the western parts, praise God. People are following him. Why? Because he's getting results. Amen. Now, you may be pastoring a church of maybe 12 people. And over many years, it's, it's increased by a few and decreased some. But you're standing strong. Listen, there's nothing more important than spending time with the Lord Jesus. And I know, I know we get we get tied up with numbers. But listen, you're pouring your life into these dear people. And there's going to be more coming. Amen. Praise God. Don't worry about that. You just stay with the Lord Jesus. Just loving him, worshiping him. Praise God. Carry that that spirit anointing with you wherever you go. Praise the Lord. Amen. And God will bless you. God will bless you. Not every church in this world is going to be a church of thousands. Most of the churches are going to be small churches, community churches. Amen. With a pastor that's going to love that community and serve that community. I tell you, you're blessed, pastor. If you're pastoring a small church, you're blessed today. And I want you to know that you're, you're loved today. You're respected today. God is smiling upon you. Amen. So don't look at yourself as, as if you're a failure. You're not a failure. You're a success 
God is holding you up, praise God, and he's supporting you. And so you just keep your eyes on Jesus, just like a whole Jehoshaphat. My eyes are upon you. You just keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. You watch your character. You take care of your character. And God will make sure that you have a good reputation. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to stop right here. Father and God, in the name of Jesus, oh, I'm so thankful today. Oh, you are the risen Savior. You are the King of all. Hallelujah. Lord, and we're so humbled and so grateful to be followers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, today. Lord, hallelujah. And Father, we lift up our hands. Hallelujah. Holy hands without wrath or doubting today. And Lord, just take that which you have blessed us with, Father, multiply it for your glory, Lord. And we'll give you praise and honor in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.